another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me as always is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm good. I'm a little bit worn out today because I've, by the taping of this, I've had a full day of doing stuff. But I shall rise above and try to be peppy as it is. So Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. What are we talking about today? We're talking guitar, classic guitar tones and how to get them. Sweet. Because we're both primarily guitar players anyway. So this is something that's... Yeah, I just did. Yeah. We thought we would walk through a couple of classic guitar tones and how you and I would go about getting them. Yeah. We're also going to throw in a couple of audio examples here. So with each tone that we're going through. So hopefully that will make sense. Yeah. So what are we going to start with? First thing is choosing an appropriate guitar and amp for whatever situation it is. That tends to help quite a bit. And it does. This is also why we tend to hear or at least tend to read about our favorite guitar players in magazines saying, oh, I borrowed this or, oh, I borrowed that. Maybe they didn't have it, but they knew they needed it for whatever piece of recording that it was in terms of a guitar or an amp. And they borrowed that thing. And then maybe they gave it back and maybe they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is true. And of course, if you don't have a plethora of of amps, sometimes studios will have things. And today, obviously, we're software driven in a lot of cases. So it's a little bit easier to acquire these flavors. But if you're in the hardware world, this this is how you get that foundation of tone we're about to talk about. That's right. All the effects that we use as final touches for each one of these sounds. Sure. Let's just take a swing at this. And the first thing I'm going to lean on you a little bit more because it's it's a little bit more on your plate. But if you're looking for like a really funky or pop kind of tone and you're not out front necessarily of, of the band or the music, but what kind of gear and what kind of tone would you be dialing in at that point? I'm going to list off four amps that come off the top of my head right now. First one I'm thinking of, Roland JC120, which is weird because a lot of people might associate that with jazz, but it works really well for funk and pop. Just for the really clean tone. For a really clean tone, plus it has a nice stereo feature to it as well. The second one off the top of my head would be the Soldano, the SLO 100, or Mm -hmm. Slow 100. Next up (laughs) on my list would be the Fender Bassman, Can't go wrong with that sucker. And then the last one on my list for this sort of vibe is probably a little bit out of left field for a lot of people. But the main reason for choosing it is that it is something that is super clean. It also costs about as much as a house. And that is a Dumble. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anybody who has a Dumble. I I think the rumor is that John Mayer has one. So Good on him. I'm I'm sure Bonamassa probably has two, right? Yeah, so you're going for something really clean here, obviously. To start off, yeah. Right, and the one thing that sort of sticks out there when you mention like the Soldano, because I think most people associate a Soldano with a really high, as a high gain amp, which it is, Mm -hmm. but the clean is really, really good. The clean tone in a Soldano as well. So that, what would you do with that? What kind of guitar would you go in first with? Generally speaking, for this style, I'm Looking at a Fender Stratocaster, 
or something mm-hmm. along the lines that mimics a Fender Stratocaster. Could be a PRS, anything that's associated with a Fender Stratocaster style. Just thinking single coil pickups, top single of thing. coil pickups, possibly neck, middle, and bridge type pickups as well. Hey, that might mean hyper switch would go in there pretty well too. <laughs> it probably would. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Those are my ideas right there, mainly because that is a sound that is associated with the funk style straight off the bat. Yeah. And I'm and pop guessing because well, it's nice and clean and there's a lot right. of variety and choices in all those pickups. Right. For my money, like if you're doing like more of a funky thing, probably relatively heavy on the compression as oh, well, yeah. even possibly in front of the amp, right, to really clamp down on that. Or would you go strictly mix only on that? Oh, no, no, no. You're going to be using that with a compressor in your pedal board, that kind of thing. You might even have an auto wah in there to kind of give yourself a little bit of flavor or even a wah pedal if you really want to get nutty with it. In terms of pop, there's a plethora of different effects that you're going to go for. However, a lot of that is generally added after the fact in the mix. Yeah. Like you said there, with getting a compressor in front of the amp when you're dealing with a funky kind of thing, because... In that case, it will very much affect how you're playing, right? And it will kind of even all of that out. And that's kind of what you want in that kind of situation. So um, I've dialed up something along those lines. So let's take a listen to that right now. In the first example, I am using a Soldano emulation from Neural DSP. Clean channel. Obviously, I have the bass set to about four, the mids are a little elevated to about six, and the treble is set to about seven. Heavy dose of presence here at about eight, and not a whole lot of depth, it's set at like two. The guitar I'm using is my Ernie Ball Music Man Luke. I'm using the neck position, which is a single coil EMG. And as you'll hear, a lot of compression before it hits the amp. All right, how about them examples of pop and funk guitar examples? Next up, we're looking at clean session guitar tones. What comes to mind here, Chris? To me, this is the 80s sort of session guitar player, really clean, heavily affected, possibly heavily compressed with some spread and all this juicy goodness that I just love. So, so in other words, a lot like this, the amps that I just mentioned for the previous category, but now with a whole lot more sauce on top. Definitely. So I'm thinking that really, really clean. And I'm not talking about, obviously, lead tones now. I'm thinking about sitting in the track type of a thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that we're about to talk to will actually translate to more of like a, a lead tone and things as well when we come to this. I'm thinking clean stuff here. So I'm going with probably a Soldano. Okay. Again, something that does clean very well. It could be like a fender or something that would be really appropriate for this as well. But now the the fun starts here. Now I'm going to go with an even tied kind of harmonizer type of effect on this. Mm -hmm. And this is going right after the amp. 
if you don't have an even tide, it's just going to be like a detune, a slight detune left and right. So you're adding some width and girth to the sound. Sure. About plus minus nine on each side. It's going to do So things like trick. micro pitch or the TC2290, which we talked about recently, some other delay thing like the Korg delays as well. Something that splits the sound and allows you to detune it a little bit. In the example, I'm going for the micro pitch from Eventide. Okay. But it could be the micro shift from Sound Toys or anything like that, the, the TC that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that sound is to me like really, really well associated with that kind of 80s kind of sound, add that girth to it. We're getting some more effect on this as well. So next thing I'm going to add a delay. Mm -hmm. This will be a tempo synced delay, eighth notes and a dotted eighth, mm -hmm. typically. Depending on the tempo of the song, it might be slightly different, but, but that's what I would go for and that's what I got in this example. I may duck that so that it gets out of the way a little bit while I'm playing. We talked about that as well when we talked about the TC thing. Mm -hmm. On top of that, I'm going to use a nice shimmery reverb to give that Ooh. juicy, drippy 80s goodness that we all know and love, or at least me anyway. <laughs> this is something that I associate with players like Mike Landau or, or Steve Lukather or any of those session greats. Andy Timmons. Yeah. All of those guys. Sweet. Sound good? Does. Let, well, let's take a listen to it and see what we got. Example number two. Once again, I'm using the Soldana with the same settings as in the previous example. Once again, it's my Ernie Ball Music Man. This time, it's a combination of the neck and the middle pickup. I'm also using Eventide's H9 Micro Pitch, which is set to plus and minus nine cents on left and right. And heavy on the mix time, all the way up at like 68. I also have delay, courtesy of D16 Repeater, part of the Slate Bundle. It's a Plexi Echo type of delay that is set to a full and a dotted quarter note. EQ'd on the delay as well. That is, I'm cutting everything above about 3K and also up to 150 hertz. The delay is also sidechained with the input signal, so it ducks away as I'm playing. You'll hear in the example as well. Also a fair dose of reverb on this one, which is courtesy of Bricasti. It's a rich plate and fairly long tail with about 1.9 seconds. <laughs> Okay, what do you think? Sound good? Sounds nice and shimmery, sweet and wide. There we go. Mm. All right. So next tone that we are going to dial in here is going to be a little bit grittier. If we're doing an early rock or kind of like a dirty blues kind of a tone, what, what are you going for? Obviously an amp that can give a little bit more dirt. And if it can't give dirt, we're going to throw some sort of pedal in front of it, what maybe an overdrive or something, or a happy fuzz face or something of that nature. In terms of amps, I would probably think about grabbing a Friedman Buxom Betty or a Durley Shirley, maybe the Fuchs 2, 
in terms of what comes after that amp, I would likely throw on some sort of slap echo or a spring reverb. That's, in my mind, what comes to mind for an early blues or a dirty blues, especially an early rock tone. They had a lot of slapback kind of stuff going on. Yeah, when you say dirty blues and early rock, that spectrum is really wide. Isn't it is it? extremely so, wide. So season to taste here a little bit. I'm looking for an amp that's going to do a little bit of breakup. It's not necessarily going to be a super distorted thing. If the amp is really, really clean, maybe just even boost the signal going into it a little bit or maybe a slight overdrive in front. But I'm not thinking totally fuzzed out here. Like you described with the slap and, and a little bit of a spring reverb, that to me is that dirty kind of blues that you would hear in a bar somewhere that, that just kind of makes you want to bob your head and, and have too much whiskey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe dance around a little bit. Maybe, right? At least wear a hat and sunglasses inside, right? Yeah. Throw down an example for us, will you? Will do. For the Dirty Blues example, I am using the Buxom Betty emulation from Brainworks. I have the input boosted slightly here with a few dB just to give a little bit more grit. The presence is at about 2 o'clock, slightly less bass. Mid is scooped down to about 10 o'clock. Heavy dose of treble, that is sitting at about 3 o'clock. Following the amp, I have a very short slap, and that's followed by another Eventide H9 sending it to spring reverb, where the reverb mix is at about 24%, so relatively wet. It's for the large tank and not much else. Once again, my guitar in this case is the Ernie Ball Music Man Luke, and this is the neck pickup. there makes me feel like I need to do some dual head cutting right there against Steve Vai, the devil's guitar player from Crossroads. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's lofty praise. I don't think I can get up against that. So I'm going to just keep my mouth shut for this one. (laughs) Speaking of things that we can get up against, here's a word from our sponsors. And we're back. What is our next style that we're going to look at here, Chris. Well, we're turning up the crunch a little bit more, and I'm thinking like a classic rock type of a tone. I'm thinking here ACDC, something like that, where it's somewhere between an Angus and a Malcolm type of tone, but something that's just usable in a lot of situations where it's not necessarily like a metal kind of guitar tone, but adds a little bit of juice and and a little bit of heft to any track. Maybe even like a Brian Adams type of a thing, right? Yeah. Amp choices, what are you going for? I would look at amps like some sort of Marshall, not Mm -hmm, the high gain Marshalls, but some sort of early Marshall. 
Also, the orange amps have a really good classic rock vibe to them. Generally very thick and woolly unless you thin them out with some EQ. Right. The queen style here, we're looking at the Vox, or the AC30 type. Going back to a Friedman with the Dirty Shirley, we've got an angle retro type where you're maybe light on the gain, add a little room reverb with it. And if we're talking ACDC, there was a point in time where they used amps by a company called Wizard, which yeah. is a little strange because Wizard was really hardcore high gain. Yeah, I, I, they might have been different models, but I do think that uh, Malcolm did all the way up to the very end. I think he used Wizard amps. Did he? Yeah. Good on And you. if you listen to his tone, it's not very dirty at all. Well, maybe it's he's got the front end dialed down and just turning up the back end with those because they can be very onchy. Yeah, but, you know, the, the thing with, with Malcolm there, again, it's, it's all that right hand and going into that, you know, one pickup Gretsch type of a thing where it's just loud and it's just that, that powerful. So there, there's, I mean, go off on a limb here, but there's a solid, solid rhythm player. Sure. Right? Yeah, amazing stuff, right? So that kind of tone, yeah, I would say you want it to break up a little bit, but, you, again, you don't want to go too heavy here where... Yeah, you're you know, not dialing the gain to 10. Right. You're not being like Spinal Tap and pushing it to 11. Oh, that's the next step. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, kind no, of amp it, effects or what kind of effects would you be putting on these type of sounds? I would go just a little bit of a reverb, maybe like a little bit of a room reverb mm. type of a thing. Just to add, now this is in the mix, right? If you're playing live, it's a different thing. But I would add just a little bit of space. It could be just for some ambience mm -hmm. and just things to give it a little bit of life. Not something that when you're playing it that you're going to go, oh, damn, that's a lot of reverb. Right. More like when you're playing it, that it, it just adds a little bit of space to it. It's not so direct in your face. It just has a little bit of uh, room ambience going on there just to make it breathe a little bit. We'll take a listen to that right now. For the classic rock example, I am leaning on the Engel Retro Tube Head from Plugin Alliance. I'm using the second channel low on the gain. I'm sitting at about a two. I do have the tone boosted, a lot of low end added here, sitting at nine. Mids are slightly scooped at three and just about the same with the treble because I didn't want it to get too piercing here. Before the amp, though, I am running the Minotaur Klon emulation from Nambrini with no gain added, just a little bit of treble and output to give a little bit of extra input into the amp. And I also have some ambience courtesy of the Verb Suite Classics with a Bricosti ambient, a very small and dark ambient patch. One more time, it's my Ernie Ball Luke that I'm using this time in the bridge position. Cool. I like what you did there, and it sounds really nice. There's another way that you can go about getting that spatial value to it, though. Sure. And it's something that a lot of people may not think about right off the top. And that is you split the signal and use multiple cabinets off the head. Then 
you take the cabinets, you put them in a different spot in the room, and you mic them from different distances. That can also get you that spatial value that you're talking about rather than just using a reverb. Obviously, it takes a little more effort and another track in the tracking, but it's a cool way to get that additional spatial value out of your amp. Right. There's a lot of different ways that you can do this, and you're almost opening the door to going in and talking about some, like, Eric Valentine type of stuff, right? Where, well, I'm sure he's not the only one that does it, but yes, no, no, he no. Does but he's too. the one that that I think about when he's doing that because he, I, I think it was the um, or one of the Queens of the Stone Age records that he did, mm-hmm. where they were amping behind the cabinets and things like that. Oh, go. they did all kinds of crazy stuff. Right. They also split the signal in front of the amps and used multiple amps with different miking arrangements on them as well. Sure. So it was a plethora of things. And then, of course, they blended them in the mix so that there's no one that's like necessarily blended evenly with all the others. It's there's varying degrees of each one to get the sound that they got there. Right. So that there's a lot of stuff that we can do, obviously. But the way I'm thinking about this is at least getting the bare bones type of a thing and, and being in the ballpark. Because obviously we're not talking about, oh, you're setting your mid at six and all this <laughs> kind of stuff, right? All right, we've got one more classic type tone that we're going to talk about, and this also covers a fairly wide range. What is it? Modern metal, high-gain stuff. Amps from hell. Let's get crunchy. (laughs) (laughs) So amp choices, Jody, what what do you got? If I asked you to do a metal track, what would you pull up? Or at least if you were going to engineer a a metal track. You know— Recently, Nimbrini came out with the ADA MP1 plugin, and it harkens back to my early playing days of owning an ADA MP1. I'm sure. going to start right there, an ADA MP1, because that was so metal at the time, along with other sounds, but you could dial that sucker in pretty well. It's 9091 all again. That's right? Right. <laughs> now, going along the lines of the refrigerator style amp, the next thing, and I still own one of these, is the Mesa Boogie Triaxis, and it gets you a plethora of sounds, but the biggest sound out of it for the modern metal type sound that you're thinking of would be the rectifier. That's made by Mesa Boogie, and Mesa Boogie has actual heads that are known as rectifiers, so I will lump that together. In addition to these, I would think a diesel, a PB5150, even though... Eddie isn't really associated with metal in that regard. An Angle Savage 120. Mm-hmm. Something that gets you a lot of gain and a lot of control over that gain. Yeah. Another amp that we've mentioned here a lot today already, but but it's the the Soldano. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's capable of doing that as well. Now, when I'm thinking more modern metal, I'm thinking more over-the-top type of stuff. So you mentioned the rectifier. I did. Uh, yeah, the uh, the PBs now, they're rebranded, I think the 6550s or whatever, known for these really high-gain um, applications, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the diesel, the angle. There's a whole bunch of stuff out there. That Another one that just really popped well. in my head, Hughes and & Kettner, and they make a tiny little sucker that is an amp that gets ridiculous gain. Yeah. It only weighs a couple of pounds, so it's kind of nuts. Right, yeah. We're spoiled for choice these days, as opposed to when Soldano and things came out. It, everybody was used to these heavily modded marshals and things. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't a whole lot of else around, but now we 
Yeah. You know, spoil the choice, of choices. Right? Obviously, yeah. with the modern metal tone, you're talking about something that gets you a lot of gains. Yeah. The other thing that happens here is that you're probably going to use a lot more mid-range than you think you would. Yeah. I should probably explain that. When people listen to heavy guitar tones on record, mm -hmm. they're hearing them in the mix. I believe we've touched on this in the past. It's very, very tempting to think that, okay, I'm going to sound like James Hatfield, right? There's no mids at all. Scoop, right? And <laughs> Scoop it out. Sure. And it, yes, it's very satisfying to play like that. If you're too aggressive with that, you end up being lost in the mix, right? It just gets drowned out with everything else that's there. So you're going to need a little bit more mids than you might think. It's not going to be your low end on 10 and you travel on 10 and no mids, right? <laughs> the, the, the process I use, regardless of style I'm, I'm dotting in there, I tend to start with the EQ pots on 12. Mm. Everything's just straight up and then start from there and tweaking, right? And I find that gets me in the ballpark much quicker. I will probably scoop a little bit of the mids, not as much as I would have 25 years ago. Now, if so, you don't have an amp that gives you quite enough juice, you can throw a tube screamer up front or some other type of boss metal pedal or something to get you that additional gain that you will throw into the amp and let the amp really crunch to massive distortion. In addition <laughs> to that, you're likely to use a compressor to compress the low end to kind of keep it under control which is a good idea. Maybe yeah. use some dynamic EQ in the mix in order to control the lows. And if you're using a lot of chugga-chugga rhythms, which metal tends to do. Yeah. Yeah, two things there that I want to mention, especially the, the, especially the Tomb Screamer one, where it has an effect of not just possibly adding more gain or input to the signal, thereby increasing more gain. It compresses the low end a little bit naturally by just going through it. So even if you're not adding any gain through a tube screamer, it will kind of tame those lows a little bit because I think it has like a notch or something around around the 100 area. You that, know what else does a really good job with that? The rat. What's that? The rat pedal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Without even adding any distortion to it, just throw it through the rat pedal and straight up, that thing will control low end quite well. That's the Nuno Betancourt thing, right? It as is. Well. I mean, yeah. he, just, he does that he for just that runs reason. It. Right. The other trick that you said there with, with the dynamic EQ uh, used to be known as the Andy Sneap trick, mm. where he would use a um, multiband compressor, have it hit on the low end, so around 80 to 100 type of thing. You might have to scoop that a little bit. Again, if you're doing all those palm muted riffs that it gets boomy real quick so that Speaking will take care of, of that palm muted riffs let's listen to one right now let's do it last but certainly not least we have the angle savage 120 i'm using it on the crunch channel the contour is engaged i have the bass slightly rolled off the mids are right up the middle treble sitting at about one o'clock the gain is just above halfway up the depth boost is engaged and the presence is right up the middle at 12 o'clock. Before I hit the amp, I have a tube screamer emulation with no drive, but again, just pushing and compressing that low end a little bit. After the amp, I have a dynamic 
EQ from ozone that it's just dipping a little bit around 130 mark when you get those really nice chugs. The guitar here is a custom Schecter with humbuckers. And for this example, I tuned down a half step and dropped D. So here we go. All right, that was nice and chuggy, wasn't it? Wasn't it though? I, I feel so <laughs> evil now. Yeah. That's a few tones. That's how I would go about doing them anyway. Anything you want to add to that, Jody? In terms of getting these types of sounds, quite often the type of mic that you're going to be using is a 57. You may use it in conjunction with something else like a Royer 121 or some sort of Sennheiser 441 or an AKG or... A 421, like you said. Yeah, those would be the big three, I would say. But if you're on a desert island, you just got one... 57, straight up. 57, right. Yeah. I generally start with that just right off of the cone, mm -hmm. just straight on, and then listen from there, right? So it's, do you need more fizz? Move it in a little bit. If it's too much, back off a little bit, that, that type of a thing. The Al Schmidt method, go, you just move the mic until it sounds good in front of that cabinet. That's the idea. <laughs> that's the idea. Yeah. There's some great guitar tones we've just explained. Let's move on to our Friday finds. Chris, what have you got this week? I have a repeat today mm. because I just recently listened to this band again as of three hours ago. Mm. And it is a band out of Sweden called MCC. A little bit of rebranding used to call the Magna Carta Cartel. And their album, The Dying Option, it floors me every time I listen to that. It is so good. I think the songs are amazing. The production is outstanding. So it deserves a second mention, damn it. So my Friday find is The Dying Option by MCC. Nice. And what do you have? I'm going with a foot pedal since we've been talking about guitars and getting guitar sounds. There's a company called Way Huge Electronics. And they have recently come out with a new pedal called the Stone Burner Subatomic Fuzz. Oof. That's a big name for a pedal. <laughs> it better sound big and huge, right? right? Yeah. One of the cool features of this particular fuzz pedal is that it has an octave down feature in it. And if you mm. want to sound heavy, get an octave down on your riff. <laughs> so all those doom metal really... fans, go check it out. Right? Exactly. The idea behind this with the sub octave behind this and everything else that it does in terms of this fuzz and distortion nature, it's inspired by Dune of all things. That's really weird to me, but I am excited to hear this pedal. Sounds cool. Sounds interesting. Yep. It does. While we've got your attention, we ask that you go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. You'll need to be on our email list in order to be eligible for any future giveaways. And we'll make sure that you don't miss any future episodes of this blasting podcast. Send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com with the word 
tones, and you'll get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic or suggestion for Chris and I to explain in a future episode, contact us at the contact page and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. With that, I'll say see you next week. See you later, Jody. Thanks for listening, everybody. 